Hello and welcome back to another episode of In Her Shoes. I'm here with Rebecca, this is Alethea, and we are talking today about consent. So consent is a very, it's, to say fascinating is the wrong word, but I'm quite fascinated by the subject just because I feel like there's a lot more awareness around it or there's been a lot of discussion about it recently. Um, yeah, I mean, with regards to consent, I don't know about you, but I just feel like within the past few years I've learned so much more about it or I feel like online there's a lot more discussion around it like when I was a teenager I didn't really know like I just knew the big things I knew about rape but that was it I knew that sometimes you could get your drink spiked but I didn't even know that that was technically considered like a sexual offense until media law but (laughs) but you know I didn't I didn't really understand exactly what it was there was consent and I didn't really think it was that complicated I just thought you know quite naively oh we'll just say no or like if I always thought that rape as well was a very violent attack and it was you know I mean in movies it was always portrayed as like this this big scary man that just grabbed this innocent woman walking home and raped her and left her whereas that's actually like a a, quite a small um like a minority of of rapes so I don't know what about what about you Rebecca do you think that it's changed for you or your understanding has changed around it in recent years? Um, I'd completely agree with you that sort of the way it's talked about, it's discussed um, in like different sort of types of things that could be considered sort of under that branch have have sort of changed. Um, I think there's a lot more discussion of it. And I'd say especially like university culture around it has changed in the last few months. Um, I don't know about you, but um, when I started my undergrad um, back in 2017, um, before like in Freshers Week, we got a talk from the uni about like sexual offences, consents, and and that kind of thing. And I feel like even like sort of 10 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. Um, and I think like you were saying before, there's a lot more sort of discussion about what is right and what is wrong. Um, this sounds like the stupidest example, but I was thinking about this when we were talking about um, the, the sort of topic. But I think it sort of illustrates quite nicely how sort of feelings of consent have changed. So there's a Gogglebox episode um, where the celebrities were watching um, Grease and it was the lyrics from, um, oh, what's it called? The first one where the talking about Danny and Sandy. I oh, forgot the Summer name Nights? Yeah, Summer Nights. And one of the lyrics, um, one of the guys says, um, did she put up a fight? And the sort of discussion around that on Gogglebox of all places, because, like, the younger generation were like, whoa, she put up a fight? That is that, you know, did he do something bad to her? Should, should that even be sung, you know? And, like, the older generation were like, wow, she put up a fight like I didn't even realize that in the first time listening to to the song and you know like if that was broadcast nowadays that that wouldn't be included because you know that could imply that there was something there so I think that even though that's like a really obscure sort of like example I think it just sort of shows how like attitudes are changing how people are thinking um and about how that that sort of stuff is perceived by by people yeah definitely and I think as well as going back to what you said about uni culture I also had that talk kind of in first year it wasn't like a big assembly or anything but we had um what are they called they're like the like an older student or a postgraduate student and they're basically like they look after the students on campus or something um but anyway one of them came in and said like oh just so you know no means no and we were like 
obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, they were just like, look, if she's drunk, if you're drunk, you know, whoever it is, if anyone's drunk and you're not, just don't do it. Just stay away from it. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so, you know, I was kind of like, okay, great. But then there was like a no means no campaign in university as well. And I think men or male students in particular have a lot more awareness around it. I've had countless conversations with male counterparts about actually their fear. And I I don't want to make it sound like, oh, poor men, like that, you know, they can't do anything these days. I don't want to fall into that category. But at the same time, I think there is kind of in some instances a legitimate fear because i think men now kind of have the fear of god put in them like can i can i go there can i do this can i touch them am i going to get accused um sometimes justified sometimes not but there is just by having those conversations a lot more awareness by male counterparts of like she's drunk i can't go there and you know i've kind of had those instances where again this is a really difficult kind of thing to to touch on because I don't want to discredit men who do good things, but I also just don't want to give too much praise to men. Difficult to strike balance. Yeah, like there was one time in university where I got really drunk. <laughs> one time, anyway, <laughs> there was one. There was one time in university where I was quite drunk, and I went. I was dating this guy, and he was a bit older. And he took me home, and bless him, he like just made sure I was okay, like put me to bed, and then slept on my floor. And then when I I woke up the next morning having like no memory of what happened the night before and he was on my floor and I was like, oh my goodness. And then he was like, oh, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was like, how sweet this man did not, like this man did not get into bed with me. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh. That's such a weird way of thinking about it because yeah. that just should be like an automatic thing. Yeah. I was like, sorry, why am I like giving credit to like this guy for like doing the, for like not raping me? Like doing the bare minimum and it's quite sad that like you you do have those thoughts where it's like and i remember telling my mom about it and she was like oh you're so lucky and i was like actually no um i wouldn't call it luck i would call it just being around men with human decency and i really don't think we should put too much credit on men for like not not sexually assaulting women and i also had that conversation with her then when I, because I have a brother, and don't get me wrong, my mom does treat us like quite equally. Like for every time she said to me, "Don't put yourself in those situations," she's also said to my brother, "Don't ever do anything that someone might not be comfortable with." So she's one of those moms where she does dish it out, you know. But I, I said to her, I was like, not just from you, but from society in general. The amount of times I've been told, "Oh, don't get drunk," "Oh, don't leave your drink unattended," yeah. "Don't walk home in the dark by yourself." don't do this whereas i you know i bet if i counted the amount of times that i've been told that in comparison with the amount of times someone's turned around to my brother and gone oh don't rape someone it's yeah. it's nowhere near and i think because people just i mean it's not a very nice thought to think that your son or brother or whoever could potentially sexually assault someone or could be a rapist but you know, you, you just can't put all that pressure on, like, women to, like... And why shouldn't I be able to walk home at night? Why shouldn't I be able to get drunk? Why shouldn't I be able to, like, wear a skimpy out- outfit and, like, do whatever I want? Like, it, you know, I get what they're so, saying, but... It's something, like, before you go on a night out, something that you always have in the back of your mind, isn't it? It's, like, 
am I going to wear this outfit and potentially be in danger? You know, like at Pre's, I don't know about you, but it gets to a point where I'm like, I should probably slow down, not because I, I want to per se, or like it's good for me per se, but because I could find myself in a situation later on where, you know, it, it could be a little bit dangerous. I'm guessing that you've probably had female friends and stuff like that who if you maybe lose them in the club or whatever you're like oh god you know where have you gone where have you gone like you are so right and i actually remember having a discussion with my partner about this um because we were talking about like when we did media law and it was like the definitions of sexual assault like the definition of rape is like penetration by penis right so you can only rape someone if you are someone with a penis and i was like I don't like that because at a house party, if, say if like, let's just go like me and my partner, if I was really drunk and he slept with me, that would be rip, right? Because I couldn't consent. If he was really drunk and I slept with him, it would be sexual assault. And whilst it's, it's still considered, you know, not great, obviously, and it's still illegal, it wouldn't have the same like impact. It wouldn't be the same sentence. Like I don't even know if you would like really get the same charges for it. Where, you know, and I know that, like, rape is more common when it... Well, obviously, that's the entire definition. Like, only people with a penis can do it. But, yeah, it's, like, the same... It's the same concept, you know what I mean? And I think people forget that men actually can be sexually assaulted. And I think, as well, it's probably really difficult for them to come forward, you know, if they didn't consent or if anything happened to them. Because it's, like, I'm a guy. And it's, you know, it's almost seen as, like, you should be, like, a lad and, like, going out and... Yeah. you know having sex and doing the most and whatever whereas if you're not comfortable with that it's probably really difficult for you to like a come forward and be like oh i don't want to have sex with that person or like i couldn't consent and then i really don't think it would be taken anywhere near as seriously as if it was a girl that said the same thing yeah i i i feel exactly the same i think that it, it is sort of strange to think about it that way as well isn't it yeah yeah but i mean i've I've been sexually assaulted like I can't even tell you how many times and it's it's really just like depressing to even say that but not not like I haven't been raped just to clarify um but I I've been sexually assaulted and as well I feel like with like different variations of sexual assault like I definitely for some of them was like oh like like for the longest time people would like grab me or do whatever and I wouldn't really put that down to sexual assault then there was one time where I think, to be honest, I just had enough. Um, there was one night I was sexually assaulted slash harassed five times in one night, and I was like at my at the end of my my tether because I'd also been like sexually assaulted like earlier in that week, and so like a few of them was just like people coming up to me and like not leaving me alone and saying really inappropriate things. Then we were on a dance floor and we were dancing, and this group of guys came over and started dancing next to us as they do that was fine and then they just like grabbed me like one of them grabbed me and put his tongue in my mouth and I was like what are you doing like go away and then another one like I was wearing like a bralette and like hot pants because you know I was a size six when I was 18 and I could get away with wearing things like that but just kidding but I like was dancing and someone like just got his hand and like put it down my bralette like on my bare breast and I was like I'm not okay with that like get off and like pushed him off and just was like, I'm leaving, like whatever, stormed out. And I know that I probably should have told the bouncer or whatever, but I was just so distraught and I was already a bit drunk anyway. I was really distraught and just like left the club. And then on the street, someone came up and grabbed me again. 
and then someone like said something like sexual harassment and at this point i think i told him i I think i just swore at him um but there was police all up and down that street and not one of them did anything and i would like turn to them and i was like why aren't you doing anything and they just like didn't didn't really like understand like they just probably thought i was drunk or something and that was kind of like the last straw for me and you know you know me when i get something in my mind i do it and (laughs) (laughs) so i was like that is it i have had enough so i emailed the council and was like this is clearly a problem in your region if there's like five times in one night and there's like six times within a week or something i was like you need more education on this blah 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 emailed them emailed the mp and was like you need to make this a policy or you need to make like mandatory training or blah whatever in schools i don't care then i called the police and like emailed the police to complain about the police officers that weren't doing anything and to like lodge a formal complaint about it and then i emailed the uni and then i emailed the student union because i just i kicked off note to self never ever get on your wrong side <laughs> yes, don't touch my breast rebecca and we're fine but <laughs> but like yeah so we just i just like kicked off and you know what like to be fair the police did say we're gonna sit down with the officers that were like on duty that night and like have a word and make sure it doesn't happen again etc the council never got back to me the mp got back to me and said like we're really sorry that happened but like nothing you know we're not gonna do anything essentially and then the uni took like a statement or whatever and like went to the police and the club and tried to like sort it out but nothing came of it i never heard anything back from it and i just thought to myself like do you know what like about a year before that i wouldn't have even done anything because i would have been like oh it's not like serious enough but i was just like no it's not okay and like i think what you really need to do with this is like nip it in the bud even if it's as small as groping or because it still made me feel like pretty defiled i was like you just need to like nip it in the bud and make people know that if that's not okay then like it's never gonna lead to anything more and Mm -hmm. you know i think whilst i did you know decide to like (laughs) go through the entire city route and try and like demolish you know sexual assault across the city which was never gonna happen um you know i just think it's it's clearly a lack of education and i think these people didn't even realize that like what they were doing was sexual assault and that's the problem like you can't grab someone you can't stick your tongue down someone's throat and they probably wouldn't constitute that as like sexual assault because in movies sexual assault is always you know really blown up to like rape or like where it like devastates the main character and it's like an entire transition on their life whereas like in any form it's not okay I feel like going back to that point, though, that um, the police um, said that they'd sit down with the officers on duty. I feel like bouncers and police don't look out for that sort of thing, no matter how small, because you are right, you know, sexual assault scene is something huge. And, you know, like I've seen reports from like local police forces saying, oh, you know, um, we had plainclothes officers out. We saw like guys leading women into these like dark back alleys and we stopped it and things it's like that that's great but it's also like smaller levels sort of looking out for girls being uncomfortable like i've had experiences with bouncers um and i know my male friends have um where they just haven't cared essentially about it um i got a couple on this so there's one time i went out um, with a big group of people and me and one of my male friends went to a bar uh, went to the bar in the club and there was this girl who stood by herself and she was really drunk and she was sort of swaying so we asked if she was okay and she said that she wasn't 
So my male friend said, oh, shall, shall I get you some help? And she went, the, the bouncers won't help. And we were like, well, what, what do you mean? She's like, they're not going to help. They're not going to help. And then as we were at the bar, because like, obviously in clubs, the bars are always really packed. We were sort of like squished in. And there was this guy who was trying to get between us and this girl. And the girl looked like petrified of him, like really, really uncomfortable. So um, I think my male friend went to sort of go and get the bouncer. And the bouncer was like, I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. He was like, the girl's uncomfortable, though, clearly. And he didn't do anything. And then um, he came back and he was like trying to squish himself between the guy and the girl just so like the guy couldn't get near the girl we were like trying to take her away and the guy was like do you know who i am do you know who i am da, 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 da. and we he was just like playing the fool laughing it off like trying not to start a fight <laughs> clearly and the bouncers didn't do anything and they looked for an excuse to actually kick me and my friends out because we'd like caused a fuss but i think that it's a, a lot of training that bouncers should get because i feel like you were talking then about being a girl and sort of, you know, being drunk and stuff. I feel like you sort of seen as like a stupid little girl who's maybe had a couple of Proseccos too many and you don't know what you're doing and stuff. And you sort of like just not sort of, you shouldn't be looked after, but there should be someone to sort of be like, you should maybe do this or whatever. Because there was another time um, we went to a different club and um, there was a couple of us and we saw like a mutual friend who was sat on like um the street curb and couldn't get a taxi and like the bouncers were shouting at her and and stuff and yeah they they were not helpful even though they were in like a state or or something but then we came we went into the club and the friend of mine um she got kicked out but she wouldn't let she got kicked out but he wouldn't let the rest of us go with her so she got left on the street drunk by herself and we couldn't find her for about 15 minutes. And it was petrifying because we were like, she's being kicked out. Okay, we're going to leave as well. Can we go like down the passage that you're going to kick her out down? He was like, no, you've got to stay. And we were like, we don't want to stay. We want to go with her and make sure she's okay. And they were like, no. So this separated us. And we were so panicked for ages because we just couldn't find her. And like, eventually she found us and she's like, I went down this street I've never been down before. And we were like, well, we're glad you're okay. But I feel like there's just so much more education that bouncers need and and maybe the police as well to sort of like spot the sort of vulnerabilities and things like that. Because although things didn't happen in that last scenario, stuff easily could have done, whether it's like on a smaller level or, you know, like a, a larger level. So I think like it does start with that sort of education and, you know, watching out for the small things. Like even if it's just something like being like, look, the nearest taxi rank is just down that street or, or something like that. Like I know that bouncers are supposed to be, you know, looking out for major things like two males scrapping in the middle of a dance floor or whatever. But like it should also come with other things because when you are drunk, like if you're a guy or a gal, you are in a vulnerable position anyway because not everything's quite there, you know, you're sort of not as sharp as, as you'd usually be. And I think there's some responsibility that comes with yourself to make sure that you are okay, but as well for those people who are in those positions to sort of look out for you and, and things like that, especially if they deem you, like, okay to, to come in and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've had, like, I mean, I've got stories as well. I'm not going to 
go into detail, but not even just about me, about like women I've like seen on the street that were like too drunk and ask bouncers for help yeah. and they're like, no. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that like all bouncers are bad. I know there's probably some out there that are like amazing, but you know, like I have so many stories and it's actually depressing how like just between two of us, like we have so many stories about that. Yeah. Yeah. But also going back to the whole like being a silly little girl, I have definitely had that narrative thrown at me. Or like not even like thrown at me, but so I've had like my drink spike two times and once was in the UK, once was in the US and I like called the police both times to report it because obviously nothing's like I was fine. Well, I think I was fine. <laughs> I was fine. Like, nothing really happened to me. Um, but I always just, like, to call the police and say it happened in this bar just in case, like, yeah. it's happened in that bar before or if anyone else reports it in the future, they can be like, we need to, like, see if it's, like, or, like, have more training in that bar or whatever. So it happened in the UK and it was because, like, some guy had bought me a drink. Which, again, I know there's, like, a certain level of responsibility that, like, I have. But at the same time... I shouldn't have to, like, not accept a drink from a man because they might spike yeah, it. Exactly. Right? So, you know, before anyone's like, oh, don't accept drinks. I know that, but I'm a student. I'm broke, right? Okay, if so, if a guy wants to buy me a drink, probably going to accept the drink. Let's just get realistic fact, here. Going back to that point as well about my friend, like, he was a guy who got managed to get his drinks back, so it doesn't even matter, like, that the narrative shouldn't apply because you know it's happened to men before and it's it's happened to women before you you've got the example yeah exactly but i called the police and i I got kind of the whole oh well you you know in future like you really shouldn't do that and all that kind of stuff and i was like yeah i know like you can lecture me whatever um but yeah i kind of came away from that phone call being like well that just made me feel like bad about myself i was like i didn't really get anywhere with that but when I was in Oklahoma, and as well, Oklahoma, right, very conservative state. So I was expecting to call the police and for them to just not care or go on a whole rant or like, you know, really belittle me. But I thought, let's do it anyway, because it's like, it's a Barney, a campus and whatever. Um, also, that was really bad that time because I barely drank anything, like barely. And then I ended up getting in a really, not a bad situation, so I rang the police and it was like, it happened in this bar, like, whatever. And so, um, and but the, he was so nice to me, like, so <laughs> nice. And they were like, oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Like, please let me know about what time you were there. Like, we'll contact the bar, we'll let them know. Um, and he was like, look, I've got to tell you, you know, it's basic procedure. I've got to say to you, like, just, you know, make sure you don't buy drinks, like, cover your drink, whatever. And I was like, no, I know. And he's like, I know. He's like, I just have to say that to you, but I know that's probably not the case and whatever. And he was so sweet. And I was... That's a good response. Yeah. But I was like, out of like both places, like the UK and then like Oklahoma, I would have hands down thought that like my response from like Oklahoma would have not, you know, been like, oh, well, you, you shouldn't even be out drinking or whatever. Um, But yeah, like really, you know, really great response from them. So... I think if, like, Oklahoma can do it, I think the UK should adopt more of a, like, not silly little girl narrative, but, like, a, oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Like, that's not okay. Because it's not okay. And, like, like I said before, I shouldn't have to, like, not accept drinks from someone just in case someone's put, like, I don't know, yeah. whatever whatever they spike drinks with. I personally don't have knowledge in that. Never done it before, so. 
I don't know. I think that I'd hope that that sort of narrative is changing, though. And, like, you'd expect it to, because, like we said before, you know, lots more people are, are talking about it and talking about different ways that sexual assault can happen and, you know, that that kind of thing. And, like, I, I must admit, like, going out and stuff, I have seen it where, you know, that there has been sort of checks with there's like a really drunk girl with with a guy or whatever. It's like a are you okay and stuff. And like I think as well, students are a lot more aware of it because like we get the talks and stuff. And you know, universities and student unions are generally very good at communicating that sort of information. And like you know, in both of our stories, the, there's been like stuff where you know friends and, and things have checked on other people, but it's like you think that you live in a perfect world and there's so many things that like scenarios and stuff outside of consent that this applies to like when you're in your bubble you're like yeah you know that this this should be okay this this should be fine but it's like little instances where wait it's it's not quite there yet um but with that I, I would hope that things would would change and you know maybe more people keeping an eye out and sort of building up because things can only get better right yeah, well, well, we'd hope so. Hopefully, <laughs> we should like listen to this back in ten years and like see where we are. Um, just shaking my head. <laughs> yeah, but even just kind of going back to the actual consent thing, um, I didn't. So, like, how how are we supposed to make it better? Like, do you think like more? Because I, I mean, I don't really, you know, I don't really have any friends that are still in school. Obviously, that would be a bit weird. I don't have any friends that are in school and I don't have any kids. I don't have any cousins, you know, anything like that. But, you know, when I was in school, we had no education around this. My sex ed in school was so weird. Uh, I don't even I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, we got the basic sex ed of like, yeah. this is how a baby's made. Um, and then in like citizenship, we were like, this is what contraception is. Although obviously it wasn't very thorough because like they're not doctors. It was just like, this is a condom, this is the pill. Um... Which, obviously, as we know, there's far more options than that. But we were given, like, a bag of flour, and it was like, it's your turn to look after the bag of flour. Like, this is how you look after a baby. Make sure nothing happens to this bag of flour, which was so weird. And then another time was like, this is how you put a condom on a banana. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to be sleeping with any bananas, but it's good to know in, just in case. But, yes, yeah, so that was, like, the extent of my sex ed, really. Um, I feel like sex education hasn't come too far from that scene in Mean Girls with the coach where it's like, don't have sex because if you have sex, you will get chlamydia and you will die. And like, I feel like that's still happening, what, 15 years later or like 10 years later from, from when we were in school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, honestly. But I think even just, I mean, I'm not even expecting teachers to like really go into like the ins and outs of it without the pun that you know the ins and outs of sex but i do think that there should be stuff around consent because realistically like teenagers even if you're not gonna have sex you're stuck gonna you know you do get curious or you get kind of confused at it and you know you see it in movies and things so like you're aware of what it is you know i think by the age of 16 everyone knows what sex is regardless of whether or not you're having it but you know, there really needs to be more things just around consent because I think that's really easy to teach and I think it's better to teach it from a young age and, you know, from a young age you go up saying this, I can't do this, this, this and this. Because as well, like, when you get older, you know, if you haven't really learned the basics from, like, back then, that's when you end up, like, either getting in trouble or getting into situations that aren't good for you. And 
there is a lot of grey areas. Like, it's not just like, say no, or like, if someone says no, don't do it. You know, there's a lot of things around like, drugs and alcohol. Like, if one person's more intoxicated than you, then that's not okay. And But then if you're both intoxicated, then like, I'm not saying it's fair game. I'm not saying if like, you're both drunk, just like, go at it, like, with whoever. But you know, you're both on the same level. Again, though, it's like that kind of thing, um, going back to like the Freshers Week talks and the university stuff, because that sort of, you know, university students do like a drink. It's it's no shock to anyone. Like that stuff is more widely discussed. Whereas if you go down to like secondary school sex education lessons or whatever, that doesn't really apply to them just yet. And I think sex education, I don't know about you, kind of stopped around, like, year 10 or something, because, like, you know everything now, chaps. Get going, you know. And I I think that whilst sort of talking about it more is sort of happening and, you know, there is this, I think that that can only sort of, like, drip down into secondary school. Because I feel like, you know, the standard of sex education and that sort of thing in secondary schools is, like, bare minimum. So it can, like I said before, it can only sort of like build up and sort of feed down from what work that other institutions are are doing. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think like it does drip down, but I just think even something as like basic as just like don't do this if this person says no, or even just teaching them how to say no. You know, there's been so many instances where like you just you don't know how to say no, and it sounds like a really basic thing. But sometimes it's, yeah. it is. Yeah, and sometimes as well you just think like if you're in a relationship as well, you're like, Oh well can I say no? But like, yeah, you can say no. FYI. You can always say no, but some people just don't know how. And then I feel like as well that gets like the other person into trouble because there's been times where like when I started learning more about consent, I really had a dig in my mind and I was like, Oh my god, did everybody consent to every single thing I've mm. ever done in my life? But, you know, if you're in a relationship, like, let's just, like, put a pin in, like, no one's drunk. It's not, like, an abusive relationship. Like, there's no coercive, contra- you know, because I know a, l- yeah. a lot of those things can contribute to it. But let's just say it's, like, just a basic relationship and you're both just there, you're both sober. You know, things happen, things get going. And then, you know, if one person then starts to feel like, oh, I'm not fully comfortable with this, but they don't express that opinion, they don't say no, and there's no reason for the other person to think this is, like, they're not comfortable... And then, like, later on, that person's like, oh, they, like, assaulted me, they raped me, they did whatever. And I know that's, like, a very, like, it doesn't happen very often. And I'm no way saying that, like, anyone who has been sexually assaulted or anything, like, you know, like, I'm not saying they're just, like, making it up. But there is definitely a grey area there where, like, if someone doesn't know how to say no, but then they don't consent, like, who's in the yeah. wrong, really? You know? And I'm sure there's so many instances, like, there's an inst- there's instances where I've been like, oh... Like, when I got older, I'm like, oh, I probably should have said no. But I wouldn't ever come back to that person and be like, you did this, because, like, that's completely on me, that I didn't say no, um, for whatever reason. But yes, there is such a grey area. So I think it's part teaching people how to recognise when someone's not fully comfortable, recognise what instances it's not okay. But then also teaching people, on the other hand, like, this is how you say no, this is how you create your own boundaries, this is how you do this. And I think that can be done from such a young age. Because even yeah. if you're not talking about sex, <laughs> even if you're not talking about <laughs> sex, like you can talk about kissing, hugging, you know, loads of things. Because I've seen like loads of things on like TikTok. I know, I'm down with the kids now, I do have a TikTok. 
you know, I've seen things on TikTok of like, you know, people being like, oh, my aunt coming to hug me. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't. And that's my boundaries. And then like how to kind of really reinforce those boundaries or if they're like, I'm like your aunt or whatever. And then you're like, no, I just don't want you to touch me. You know, like really basic things from that. And if you get it into people's heads, like this is how you set your boundaries. This is how you say no. And this is how you respect those boundaries. It doesn't even necessarily have to apply to sex. But then when it does come to applying it to sex, it's you like, yeah. It. Yeah, because you've been doing it for years for, in like different scenarios. So I think like even something like that is really basic because I bet there's so many people in our generation and particularly the generations that came before us who just have probably engaged in any kind of sexual activity and not wanted to, but then just not realised they could say no and didn't know how. Yeah, I think that it is like, coming back to that point you made, like being able to say no is the weirdest part because it seems like it's so easy. It's like, you know, I don't want this to happen. No, but like when you're actually in a scenario, it's difficult to sort of recognise if that is a scenario where it applies because... Like, you know, you sort of think back to, you know, everyday instances or nights out or whatever, and, like, you sort of tick over and you're like, actually, that is, like, the ideal thing where I should have been like, no, this is uncomfortable, I really don't want this to happen, um, or, or something like that. And you just don't sort of realise it in the moment. So, yeah, I think that applying it to different scenarios and stuff like that and sort of from that young age being able to say no is really, really important i'm i'm not sure uh if any schools are listening but you know if you need anyone to uh help out with uh, any educational side to you you know where to look yeah mate i'll make a tiktok don't worry about it uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> to schools everywhere no but i i know i just think it's it's something that that's quite easy to do and quite accessible um as well even just I don't know, just making people aware of what, because there's so many grey areas, like, there's so many, and, you know, people do think it's, like, a black and white thing, like, it's really not, and it's actually really complicated, like, you know, when I was, like, younger, and everyone was like, oh, sex complicates things, I'd be like, how does it complicate things? Oh, my Lord, it does. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's so complicated. And as well, I feel like, I don't know if it's, if it's just me, but I'm just going to go out on a whim here and see if you agree, but I feel like for women in particular, there's definitely this thing in like society that teaches us like we have to be polite and we have to like please people and we have to be really nice all the time and so being like saying no is not something that we are generally used to and when we do it comes off as you know rude or standoffish Mm -hmm. and yeah there's you know there's a lot of times where again not even just in terms of applicable to like sex or sexual activity but you know like being told to like smile or feeling like I can't be mean or rude to like creepy men that either like slide in my DMs, you know who you are, or like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, but you know, slide in my DMs or say really inappropriate things to me. Like, I've always felt like I have to be nice. Well, I did actually, I don't really do that anymore. Like now I just kind of tell them where to go. But there is definitely a, like a level of like politeness that's been like ingrained into me where I'm like, oh, I have to be really nice to this person that's making me extremely uncomfortable. And, you know, it took me so long to realise that, like, I didn't have to entertain this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could just turn around and be like, you know? I don't know if that's yeah. just me. I feel like, it, as well, though, it's, like, kind of partially being British. Like, we're so sort of awkward and, like, don't really know what to do. And just, like, 
I think we've all got a bit of like awkward Hugh Grant from Notting Hill and Four Weddings and a Funeral sort of in us. And like it, it does make it difficult to sort of make a decision or, or say no or like, you know, not be polite and just sort of say what we actually feel. I, I've had it before as well. Like I you've got you sort of do have to feel polite, you do have to feel like, you know, because if you're not, it's like, well, what's the next sort of consequence of what happens if I don't sort of do this, isn't it? And it's a weird thing to think because I, I think of myself as pretty strong-minded and, you know, pretty opinionated on that kind of thing. But, like, when you going back to, like, when you are actually in a scenario, you, you do feel like you've just sort of got to, like, um, diffuse the situation by being polite and, you know, not sort of saying what, what you actually feel and and that kind of thing. But I think that being British does add elements of that into it. Because even if it's not a consent issue or something like that, like, I'll I'll just be sort of polite and over the top anyway, even if that's not, not what I actually feel. And you can probably tell from the way that I, like, stumble over everything that it is just a natural British reaction to, to absolutely everything. But, yeah, I, I think that, again, just going back to that education point, it's education for us to be able to sort of say no in any circumstance, if it is sexual, sexual assault, something else, um, and learning how to say no pretty firmly as well and what to sort of do afterwards. Because um, it's all very well and good saying no, but what if somebody's like, I say no to your no? it's sort of like what what do you do then and like education for for other people as well like we've talked about bouncers police officers and sort of having that awareness and that training and them sort of understanding that you know if somebody's uncomfortable and they have said no or even like it's not even about saying no is it it's like if you're uncomfortable you're uncomfortable and that can mean and i'm sure you've had experiences of it as well where you maybe haven't said no because you feel uncomfortable but you still don't necessarily want to tap in because you're uncomfortable and sort of stemming from that uncomfortableness, it makes it difficult to sort of say things. So it's like sort of awareness about that as well. Like even if you do feel uncomfortable and you're sort of unsure about what, what's happening and you feel like you can't explicitly say no, it's about sort of making sure that people around you know that you are uncomfortable, if that makes sense. That's actually so That's true. That's the long-winded British ramble. <laughs> no, that is actually so true. Like, I feel like sometimes you just freeze because you're uncomfortable and you're just like, how how do I say no in this scenario? Like, oh, it's, it's too uncomfortable to say no, but it's too uncomfortable to do anything. Yeah, no, I think that's actually such a valid point because, yeah, I've definitely been in those situations. And like you said, I think we are a little bit like Hugh Grant. Like, we are very, you know... <laughs> I mean, I think the typical British thing is to, like, not address something while it's happening, but just, like, wait until afterwards and, like, go to your friends and be like, oh, my goodness, did you just see what happened? Or, like, something like that. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think as well, like, one time, like, I was assaulted. <laughs> this is another time Alethea was assaulted. It's really depressing that it happens quite a lot. But one time I was assaulted by someone in, like, their house. Right? And yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a woman as well. And so, as well, I feel like, like, when it happens, like, when a woman's doing it, it's a very difficult situation for me, um, because I've never particularly seen women as, like, a threat, like, I've always kind of been more standoffish or, like, alert to, like, men. Mm -hmm. I've never really been, and because, you know, like, I, 
when I'm in the club, oh, I remember clubs, no one could. Honestly, I would not go on this right now. <laughs> honestly, back in the day. But, you know, I, I would always like dance with girls, even random girls, you know, I would just like kind of like grind on Feel them or whatever. Old. Yeah. Solidarity. Yeah, because they're, they're safe, right? Yeah. They were always safe to me. And, you know, I felt like I could dance and express myself. I mean, it was never particularly attractive. You know, my dancing is not great. But, you know, it, I could always do that. And there was a kind of a time, it was like a house party, and I was like dancing with this person. Um, you know, because I felt comfortable or what whatnot. And then it just got too far, and it got really uncomfortable. And it got to the point where they were, like, pressuring me, and, like, you know, I was, like, assaulted at one point. And, oh, I just really, I didn't really know what to do, because I was like, <laughs> it's, like, their house. And also, like, yeah. it's a woman, and I've never really been in that scenario before. And then I kind of put myself in, like, a, a guy's shoe, and I was like, wow, no one's even going to believe... I mean, people did, like, you know, people saw it. Again, it wasn't, like, a, you know, a huge sexual... I mean, it, it's not, like, as dramatic as it sounds. Um, It was just, like, a form of sexual assault. But I'm going to call it what it is, because for far too long we've been kind of told that, like, you know, like I said before, it's, like, too... You know, it has to be really serious. But no, it, it was a form of assault. Um... But yeah, and I was, oh, I just didn't really know what to do. And, you know, luckily, like, it was addressed by, like, other people. But I was just like, oh, I don't know how it feels. So then I can just imagine, like, how guys feel if it happens to them by, like, a woman. Because, you know, I was very lucky that, like, people witnessed it. But also that, like, people believe me. But I don't think, like, every guy would be as lucky. Um, but it's, like, sort of thing that you just said there, like, about belief. Like... I don't, I don't understand that, whether it is a, a lad or a lass or whatever. Like, surely if you've said something and you say that something has made you uncomfortable, no matter, you know, how small it may seem to you, because like you've just said before, you know, you, you felt like you were making a drama out of something which ultimately made you uncomfortable at the end of the day. And it's like, why why wouldn't anyone believe you about that? Like, it, it's so baffling. And I see where you're coming from with, with the guy's point as well about sort of... Um, you know, how you had to put yourself in a guy's shoes in order to sort of understand how you would go about sort of doing that because women are seen as, as safe and, you know, you've got that female solidarity with everyone in the club, you know. There's been times in, in, a, in a club or, you know, out in a bar or something where if a guy's made you uncomfortable, there's usually, like, 30 women stood behind you in the bar going, get lost, you utter scumbag and yeah it's it's a strange one but that belief like it baffles me like you should be believed because why would you make something up if something's made you uncomfortable yeah exactly but i think the problem is that like sometimes people do make it up and i think the problem is when people do make it up it just it completely invalidates the entire experience doesn't it or complete like it invalidates other people I mean, I you know, I've never really like not been believed, but I can only imagine like how horrific that is. I've experienced people lying about things like this, and for for whatever their motives were was or whatever, like I think some people just thought it was funny, but I've seen people lie about stuff like that, and then to be honest, like after someone like lied about it, and I knew they'd lied about it, I knew they were lying, like it then did make me very standoffish to anyone who told me about like anything that happened to them because I was always there was like just a doubt in my mind just because like I'd experienced someone lying about it and I mean it's completely messed up but 
you know, it is what it is. And, like, now I've kind of came to learn that, like, you know, you should just look at both sides and I understand what happened and, and kind of things. But, which, again, it sucks that I even have to say that because I just don't even understand why people would lie about it. It's just completely ridiculous to me. It blows my mind. As in, like, you could be so sinister to make something up. Like, There's some what absolute in the world, man. Yeah. Eh, honestly. Honestly, I feel like we got quite deep there. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just felt myself sort of like gazing into the distance, being like, "Wow, there's some real, real rascals out there, aren't there?" Oh, rascals, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those lying rascals. Well, yeah, it it does, it does, and I feel like it makes the like that sort of feeling like your what happened to you is invalidated because you know that people have done things you know in, in the past and lied about things in the past it makes it difficult for you to sort of feel that what happened to you was wrong and again no matter how big or small something is it is difficult to like think about it and speak to other people about it or you know express why it was wrong and i feel like that's why so many people are reluctant to to sort of talk about issues especially sport smaller can't even speak today smaller ones like you know you know somebody maybe like putting their hand somewhere they you don't want them to to put it on your body or or something like that you know that that should be more commonly spoken about like in first year like the amount of times that happened to me and i just never batted an eyelid and it's only like you know, a bit of time later, I was like, I, actually, I, I didn't want that to happen. You know, my body language and my facial expressions said that, that that didn't want to happen, but I just never really talked about it to, to anyone. And I think, again, though, it's like we've, we've talked about this previously in, in the podcast, you know, sort of that education, being able to start to speak about things like this and, you know, trying not to feel invalidated for talking about things like this as well. Like, every little helps, like big or small and you know you do it on your own terms and whatever you feel comfortable with whoever you feel comfortable with as well that that can really help and i think as well like what we've kind of covered just fortunately like you're you know you're not alone like it happens quite often and i think the more we speak about this and the more we raise awareness because like i think i've said about three times now that like i just felt like my experiences were like invalid or i felt like i couldn't call it like sexual assault because it was really you know small instances are like groping but like it is still sexual assault and i think it's really important to like categorize it as like what it is and be like this is what sexual assault is and if we talk about it more then people because you know even if people like don't realize what they're doing is sexual assault if like that's what you call it or you call them out on it and you're like that is sexual assault then like they're not gonna do it because no one wants to be known as like that guy who like sexually assaulted someone or that girl who sexually assaulted someone so yeah talk about it like if it's if it's happened to you just be like oh actually yeah that's happened to me and that is sexual assault because if it's this prevalent it's clearly an educational issue Mm -hmm. it's about being able to have that that discussion like whether it's with your mates or whatever about what is right and what is wrong and you know like the more you talk about things the more you can sort of have those difficult conversations and and stuff and you know sort of like it starts starts with education like everything like this starts with education the more you have those talks the more you speak to people and you know not necessarily even having to share your experiences but like just explain why something might make someone feel uncomfortable or something like that or you know even if like we've talked about before you know we were always sort of told no means no but 
no can mean things in in other ways you know like body language facial expressions like being able to like read this and realize when when things are wrong and as well just kind of moving on for like the last part i know we've, we've touched on like media and like how it's represented in tv and stuff um there's a show that came out but i cannot for the life of me remember the the name of it i feel like i do this every week i have an example but i just forget <laughs> the name of something but it's a new show that's came out and it's all about like sex and like consent and stuff like that but i think that's like that's kind of the first in my lifetime oh you know just anything that i've watched that's like the first thing that i've seen that i'm like oh my goodness like finally something's came out because in tv shows or movies whenever someone's having sex i feel like it's it's quite a difficult one because obviously like you know in real life when you have sex and like after everything you're like can i do this because that would be a, you know time but you know like you always just see it kind of happening and or like you know like i said before like sexual assault comes in like really big forms and it's not really addressed that much so i don't know like do, do you think it would be helpful if just even in like not just education but like popular culture like you know there's more more scenes on tv or more instances where first of all it happens to men because i really don't think there's like enough about like you know the male experience definitely but also just like addressing smaller things you know um it sounds like really really stupid given what, what we've discussed but like i feel like a good platform um to sort of have these discussions is always soap operas like you look at some of the storylines the east enders or emmerdale or corrie have covered and the, there's some big stuff and it does get people talking and i think that consent is something that that people will, will sort of like look at and take away because it's like with, with corrie for example um there was that one about um one of the characters was um a guy and he was being domestically abused by his wife and that got so many balls rolling and discussions happening and stuff so i feel like a, a good way to sort of have these conversations is to sort of see that on screen and be like whoa but you can kind of see that he or she's feeling really uncomfortable by that and you know like at the end of every like controversial sort of soap story there's always like a mob on twitter or whatever being like this is not okay like protect this character and there's like a campaign rolling and stuff so i think that again like we, we've talked talked about it you know it's something that is starting to happen people are starting to talk about it and i mean i personally wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a couple of soap stories with with something like this because that seems to be like quite an effective way because even if you're not invested in soaps i'm not invested in soaps but I could tell you about, like, on Coronation Street, the case about Yasmin and her abusive husband because of all the sort of awareness that, that that's caused and, you know, charities getting involved and, you know, lots of things on Twitter and social media appearing with, you know, and newspapers as well cover it really, really well. So I think that that, that could be a, an interesting way to maybe voice the message. It sounds like the dumbest thing ever being like, writers of Coronation Street, Emmerdale EastEnders, listen to this and, and sort of, and do this. Like, it sounds really daft, but soaps are an effective way of getting people talking about difficult and uncomfortable things. Actually, you're right. And do you know why you're right? Because right now, there is a storyline actually on Coronation Street, and I completely forgot about this until you've said it. Me mum watches Corrie every night and... <laughs> I'm basically just there You're for the not the proper super fan. I'm not the proper super fan. I don't mind it. I feel like sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it goes a bit bland. But hey ho, whatever. We love it. 
But right now there's a character called Faye and she's like, ooh, ooh I want to see 18, 19. Yeah, I think so. And she had this job. She was getting like a trainee management thing and her boss, Ray, who's the bad guy at the moment, he's just sold all the houses on the street. Oh, honestly, I think that you need to do a spoiler alert on this in case anyone hasn't uh, Oh, I'm good. Don't on. worry. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so he um, got her to like, go to his hotel room and they were like wine tasting and stuff. Um, but she was wine tasting because he was like, I'm driving, I can't. She had alcohol in the system and then he said something about like, motion to her because he was going in the bath or whatever or like wanted her to sleep with him and he was like, oh, he said something about like how it's like good to get ahead or whatnot. Um, so she was basically coercing like sleeping with him and then like he did like, you know, rape her um, but she felt like she couldn't come forward because like she'd done it because she wanted the job or because she felt like she had to do it to get the job. So actually, it is going on at Coronation Street at the moment, and you're right, because it does raise awareness, because that's also a type of, like, consent that, or, like, you know, blaming yourself, because, like, she generally didn't realise that um, she was being assaulted, or she thought that she couldn't come forward because she, you know, she wasn't, like, kicking or screaming, and she'd, you know, um, done it because she felt like she had to. But Showing yeah. it in different ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, she, she like, went to go hit him over the head with something, but it was the wrong guy. Ended up in hospital and she just handed herself into the police. Again, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but, yeah, big storyline. Definitely need a spoiler alert. Definitely need a spoiler alert. Do yeah. not listen to the final part of this show. You will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I, you know, I do. I think I think you're right. I think, like, soap operas are a good platform. And just anything in, like, mainstream media, because it does, you know, get get, like, a different... A different way of, of looking at things like not just like the big storylines but something else and i also actually quite like how they have made it such a big storyline because not a lot of people would have taken that seriously but because they've blown it up and now it's you know now like she's going she might be going to prison or whatever i, I haven't watched that last episode i don't i don't know what happened to to be honest. um or like last last week that is you so basically you didn't do the full research for the show i didn't i didn't do the full research i didn't think it was gonna get brought up um, <laughs> I forgot I had it like stored away but yeah actually um, that or even things like the Me Too movement because I think the Me Too movement was really big in terms of like highlighting how people in positions of power can do this like ha- Harvey Harvey Weinstein because um, that kind of came out of like left field like, I just I don't know why I didn't think that was good I think it's just naivety I mean like when it all came out I was like of course that happened yeah. in Hollywood but mm-hmm. Yeah, like something like that that comes forward and inspired so many women to come forward. And again, actually, with like what we were saying, how there's just two of us and we have so many stories. When the Me Too movement exploded, I think it was actually terrifying just how many people came forward and was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, this has happened to me." Like, if that's Everyone not an example, has stories regardless if they were aware of it at the time or um, or whatever. Yeah, everybody has a story. Everybody in some way, shape or form has been affected by it, whether directly or indirectly. And you're right, Me Too got people talking about it. And I think it'll be interesting to see where that campaign sort of goes in regards to people talking about it. Because the Hollywood thing, like, I feel like you're right. It's like, it did sort of come out of nowhere. But again, like, I don't think anyone was shocked. Yeah, I think it was more like a... Oh my goodness! I can't believe this is like came to light, and then obviously thing things came out. Um, after that, after you know the Weinstein thing, it came out about like Epstein, 
and I mean, I don't know if anyone watched that documentary on Netflix. That was terrifying. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you need to watch it. It's okay, it's I'll, awful, I'll... you know. It's not it's not like a happy <laughs> topic, but it it it's so scary how like these people in positions of power can can control so many people and and have this this power. So there's Epstein, and then that surviving R. Kelly as well came out. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. I feel like I've wasted my um, Netflix lockdown watching Tiger King right now. <laughs> oh no, Tiger King was amazing. Tiger King was, was fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, I didn't even think about that when you know when we like started recording this. But you know, it all it all kind of fits in together. I feel like consent and like sexual assault kind of go hand in hand. But yeah, there's there's so many instances where it's happened where people have been like coerced or people feel like they can't say no. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's actually really terrifying, especially now that all these documentaries have came out. And then, like... but the documentaries do sort of like it's awful to watch, and you know, hearing about it is awful. But again, it gets people talking. Like, how many people talked about Harvey Weinstein? How many people have talked about Jeffrey Epstein? You know, how many people have sort of come forward and said, "Oh God, well, thinking about this has happened to me and stuff." Like, for all the bad stuff that's happened only good can come out of it i feel in in terms of getting people talking and and discussing things right, netflix yeah. recommendations yeah, netflix, yeah yeah you know get yourself through through lockdown 3.0 well anyway that is the end of this week's episode on consent thank you very much for listening on our social media we will put some links to helplines or any kind of anything that you know if you have experienced anything like this anything that you might want to know or any charities you might want to check out thank you again for listening and we will see you next week